We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. Welcome in to the Rudwire Fantasy Basketball Podcast on this Friday, December 2nd, 2016. DJ Trainer here joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken Kreitz. All aboard! You can find us on Twitter at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, Audioboom, and directly on the Rotowire website itself. Just click on that podcast tab. We'd love to have you leave a nice review on one of those venues. Last night, guys, arguably the best game of the whole season, the Rockets take out... The Warriors, who I'm slowly but surely growing to hate more and more with each passing day. Take them off in double overtime. A really, really good game. I think it's probably going to be, when we look back and and look at this game, we're going to say it was the best game of the season. Double overtime. James Harden goes in to Oracle, takes him down. Ken, what are your initial thoughts after this game? Feel free to overreact. (laughs) <laughs> well, remember, Shannon and I are East Coast bias, East Coast conference guys. So we prefer actually a little defense. So uh, I'm not sure I'd say it's the greatest game because the defense was a little lax at times, which I think you're always going to get when watching the Rockets. But it is fun to see them hoisting all those threes. And uh, I agree 100 percent to hate the Warriors. I, I fully believe you have to hate all super teams. Uh, I'm not crazy about the Rockets, though. I just I, that whole like three and three or dunk approach i just i i don't know i don't know i'm i'm you know you'd never see an old pistons uh team play a game like this right shannon you wouldn't but i actually i like this style of basketball more it's not the same as you know the 80s nuggets 
where they're scoring 120 <laughs> points per game. Paul Westfall, the yeah. Paul Westfall days. It's it's not though. It's not those type of games where there's no defense. It. I mean, the not the Rockets. The Rockets don't play defense, but Golden State's <laughs> one of the you know top ten defensive teams in the league. Um, but but back to last night's game in particular. It was a crazy game. I mean, each team took 44 three-point attempts. They both kind of ran out of gas in the second overtime. Yeah. I mean, only combined for 13 points. But just a hell of a game. Durant put up a monster line, 39-13, three blocks, three steals. Uh, James Harden had another triple-double, 29-15-13, and 13, had seven turnovers too, which is kind of the norm. But it just I love the game, love the up-and-down pace. Uh, I'm surprised the Rockets won, especially on the road. But you actually had contributions from Ryan Anderson, had probably his best game of the season, 29 points, Mm -hmm. 5 for 10 from downtown. Eric Gordon, who's actually been playing really well since he's moved to the bench, he had 23 points and 5 assists. So it was was very entertaining, big fantasy game. Um, Yeah, I think there were three or four guys who, who had over 50 fantasy points from the DFS end. So tons of fun. Yeah. Does uh, D- DJ, do you think Montrell's Harrell of the Rockets to, uh, should be on Fantasy Radar now? 25 ding, ding, minutes. Ding, ding, We have a new name that Ken p- can't pronounce. <laughs> I like it. it Montrez Harrell. So, no, I don't think so, Ken. Um, what I loved about this game, real quick before we jump into that, um, first time in the history of the NBA that each team, each opposing team, attempted at least 43-pointers. So there's that. Of course, when you put these two particular teams together in a double overtime game like this, we're kind of expecting something like that to happen. The the craziest part, the over under for this game was like two thirty one. Right. It was it was insanely high. It, it looked like those eight Nuggets eighties games, but these teams did not play well last night, or they didn't shoot well at least. I mean, Golden State shot forty one percent, twenty seven percent from downtown. The Rockets shot forty four percent and thirty two percent from downtown. Both both teams can shoot better than that, specifically the the Warriors. So, I mean, it's pretty amazing that the Warriors pushed them to double overtime while shooting that bad. So my big takeaway from this game is we know the Warriors are stacked from really, you know, one through six. They're just stacked. And that's the problem with opposing teams is they might be stacked one through three, but after that or something like, you know, something along those lines, they're just going to fail. And what the Rockets did last night for much of the la- the end of the fourth quarter, Sam Decker was in the lineup and he was playing a pseudo center slash pseudo power forward along with Ryan Anderson and did a very good job. At, at portions, he was matched up against KD. He got, I, you know, he didn't handle KD, but he was getting a hand in his face and whatnot. And then in the first overtime, you had Decker continue to play that role and he was actually uh they were kind of him and Harden were doing this pick and roll and it it was actually really working um for a little bit they were finding Decker down low in the second overtime Decker was gassed everybody was gassed but Decker was especially gassed for obvious reasons and they put Harrell in there like you said Ken and he went and did a good job he was getting rebounds he was doing some good stuff Uh, I think he drew, drew a couple fouls um the fact that those minor players who have only been in the years in the in the league two years each could step up in that moment shows a lot for me and that there is hope for a team outside of the Warriors to step up and actually combat and, and combat the Warriors who are stacked from one through six. Well, when the inevitable Eric Gordon injury or maybe even Ryan Anderson <laughs> injury kicks in, they're going to need Harold and Decker because uh, the bench is a little thin. I don't think Nene Hilario. I, mean, I don't think Nene is going to you know suddenly blossom and find the fountain of youth. Yeah, I'm with you, Ken. And I was thinking about the Rockets yesterday and how amazed I am. You remember last the last couple of years when you had um, Anthony Davis and he was playing with Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson, right, Tyler right. Evans, and everyone's always kind of said like, "Well, he needs some help." And I realize the the Pelicans have dealt with a lot of injuries, but James Harden is doing it with a similar cast of kind of like misfits and stuff and, and just odd pieces. So yeah, and they're winning. True. So it's how kind angry, of amazing to me. If those two, if Anderson and Gordon are healthy all year, how angry are you as a Pelicans fan? Like now, really? Now you guys are going to be healthy and contribute to a full season? We'll see, though. I think those guys are going to get dinged. Um, one other interesting tidbit about this game before we move on: who led? Who led both teams in plus minus? Throw out a guess. Anyone? Ooh, um, Durant. Without looking, I'll say Sean Livingston. It was Patrick Beverly had a plus 21. He only scored three points. Three points, seven rebounds, two assists. Played Their only defender. Minutes. 
But yeah, he, he, was, <laughs> he was plus 21 when he was on the floor. It's amazing to me. Yeah, so that the is. only issue there is he only played 29 minutes is that you can't play Eric Gordon, Harden, and Beverly all at once. And they didn't last night. At the end of the game, they decided to go with Gordon. And Gordon was the guy that kept starting the overtime. Then he started the second overtime. And um, I mean, it made sense. Gordon was, Gordon was on one last night. He was playing very, very well. Uh, without the help of Gordon and Anderson, the result would not have been the way it came out. That's true. That's true. And and when you have a you have some teams though, they have smaller small forwards. You could certainly play Harden at the three. Yeah, on defense I mean, though, he's just going to get he's going to be bad against anyone he's guarding. <laughs> that's true. The, but yeah. uh, I don't know if you. I, I think I would DJ tough. though. I think you can't just roll over like that. But uh, well, Anyways, who knows? Yeah, I mean it, they got they got a lot to play with. That's for sure. Because if they're going to be potent from all five positions with three pointers, then. You know, if you can score more points, certainly the Warriors might not be the best case for that lineup, Shannon. But like against, I don't know, 25 other teams in the league, that certainly can work (laughs) out pretty well. Uh, Ken, why don't you talk about the next game that happened last night? Although people don't really care about the other games that happened. All all the other games (laughs) that happened were, were really good. That's the thoroughness of Rotowire, baby. We're, you know, any any media outlet can just talk Warriors. Come on. We're better than that. Um, yeah, let's talk. Uh, should we be concerned, guys, about the Jazz losing to the Heat? No George Hill and no favors, unfortunately. Uh, Heat were missing Josh Richardson. But uh, do we get concerned about the Jazz? Hayward had a great game. Here's why I'm concerned. It's just injuries, and it's not really their fault. It's a problem they've dealt with a couple times over the last few years. Uh, they're okay right now because they really haven't had a full cast of characters and they're still holding down the seventh pot in the West. And you know what? When we did our rankings, our preseason rankings of the West, we probably had them in that six to seven range. Now, some people were really shooting pretty high with them considering the injuries they've had and the fact that they're still 11 and nine, the seventh seed right now, Shannon, I think they're just fine. And let's just hope that they become healthy and they'll be even better. It's amazing that they're 11 and nine. Yeah. I mean, last night you had Rodney Hood, George Hill, and Derek Favors all out. Those are three of their five starters, three of their five best players. Once those guys return, I mean, this this team is scary, and they're getting they're getting a challenge for the fourth seed in the West. I'm relying on the Jazz for our Rockets will finish out of the top four in the West bet, Shannon. I need the Jazz to pass. I know you do. I know you do. And I, I'm, I'm feeling good with my Rockets pick there. Um, well, especially after last night, absolutely. Exactly. Uh, the the Jazz, though, a couple things. I mean, with all these injuries, you had guys step up. Joe Johnson entered the starting lineup last night, had a good line, 18 points, four assists, three rebounds, hit four three-pointers. He's a guy. Now, I mean, the George Hill injury, the Rodney Hood injury, those aren't long-term. But if those two guys ended up being on the shelf for, a while, for an extended period, yeah, Joe Johnson could actually be a decent fantasy option to target in season-long leagues. Yeah, most definitely. I think the success that the Jazz has had this season, I know George Hill didn't play last night, but uh, it's been by the grace of George Hill having the best season, arguably, of his career, Shannon, and really kind of reinventing himself. I think he had been going somewhat unnoticed in Indiana for a little while. This guy is a very good point guard right now in terms of fantasy, in terms of just you know winning games. He's, uh, he's in the top tier of point guards, I would say. Yeah, I think I would put him in the second or third tier, but He's a he's a good player. He's a good all around player. That's what I really like about him. Good three point shooter. Plays really good defense. And, and I mean, he's not a big time playmaker setting up other teammates like like other uh, point guards. But he's just he's really good in this role that Jazz have had him in. He's poured in tw- you know twenty points per game, hitting a bunch of three pointers. So I do think he'll continue to have his best fantasy season yet. Well, he's exactly the kind of point guard veteran leader this team's been desperate to get. Right. Uh, terms, let's look. Yeah, oh, I ahead. just want to add one more thing. In terms of fantasy, the reason why I think that he's one of the top tier, Shannon, and obviously things are going to kind of equalize at the end of the year. He's averaging a career high 2.4 three pointers per game. That's one of the best in the league. 53% from the field, 88% from the line. So that's what's really putting him over the edge because, again, you can't say it enough. Those categories matter just as much as points, rebounds, and assists. And since he's doing so well, uh, that's what really bumps him up pretty high for me in terms of point guard rankings. Was yesterday his ninth missed game, tenth missed game? It's eight, nine, or ten. I can't remember, but uh, that's it, the, that's the only bugaboo. He's having nine. a career year. He's having a career year. Well, let's talk. Speaking of injuries, let's point out uh, some for t- tonight. Uh, maybe the biggest Paul Millsap is questionable tonight with a hip. He missed Wednesday's game. Uh, and also know for DFS that uh, Joel Embiid is expected to play tonight, but will sit again Saturday as they do their 
usual rest and bead from back-to-backs. Any other injury things, guys, we need to point out? No, and from from a fantasy standpoint, the Embiid situation, that's probably for the best. He had a good game against Orlando earlier this year, so I would rather have him out there for 28 minutes against Orlando on Friday than playing against Boston on Saturday. Yeah, I will say his minutes restriction went up to 28. It had been about 24. He got up to 26 a couple times, but obviously that bump will will only allow him to have more production. We'll see how that goes, of course. still We're we're jumping ahead here, but still only 6,200 on FanDuel. Let's let's talk about a guy who had had a decent game last night who should be on fantasy radars now, uh, who definitely wasn't the last time we all talked. Uh, Andrew Harrison of the Grizzlies. Oh, well, hey, Mike Conley, how many weeks is Conley out for now? Six, seven? About six. We'll see. I think he's, he might be reevaluated in six. Uh, Jeff St- Rotowire's own Jeff Stodds wrote a nice little article about it that he like did fracture the bone in his back, but it's like one of those bones that are supposed to relieve the stress from your spinal cord once you have pressure there. So the bone did its job, and it's not some freak injury or something like that. So we'll see in about six weeks. But uh, a lot of attention should be paid to Andrew Harrison. He is available also in our staff keeper league, and I did kind of want to get a feel for how much money you guys think he will go for in a $100 budget with about a 12-team league because I know a lot of people out there right now are dealing with that question. How much should I put down for Andrew Harrison? Somebody who's been a top 40 fantasy player over the last 14 days, believe it or not, in an eight-category no-turnover league. And 11 points, four, uh, four rebounds, and eight assists in 30 minutes during last night's first start of the season for him. Well, he's started. he has started five games this year. Uh, he started, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. Back-to-back games at, at point guard. So these past two games have been his best two games of the season. Um, and, and, you know, the other three starts, and, and really all season long, he's been playing about 25 minutes a game. So he's been getting run, but his usage rate was really low. The, the Grizzlies weren't relying on him to really do much of anything. He was just kind of out there to play D, take, take a handful of shots a game, and that's about it. But the last two games, he had 20, 21 points, four assists, two rebounds on Wednesday night, and then on Thursday, 11 points, eight assists, four rebounds. Uh, contributed three steals on Wednesday, four three-pointers on Wednesday. Wednesday against Toronto is probably actually the best game we will ever see from Andrew Harrison. I heard you say that yesterday, but how do you know that? Like You're, even, you're just going to go ahead and say that? I mean, he's going to get so much playing time. This team hasn't really put a lot of interest in Wade Baldwin. I, I don't know why he wouldn't be playing I, at least 36 minutes a game. I don't believe that Andrew Harrison is a legitimate long-term starter in the NBA. Um, I, I, I'm okay saying that in his rookie year. He shot 60% from, from the floor that night. He was 80% from downtown. Three steals is a pretty lofty number. I, I, I just, I'm sorry. I don't see it long-term, mainly because of the scoring. I, he scored 21 points, which was about double of what his season high was before then. I don't see it. I don't see him scoring a bunch. I, is he good for 11 or 12 points and four or five assists while Conley's out? Sure. Over the last 14 days, Ken, like I alluded to, in our Mm -hmm. Stanford League, eight-category, no-turnover league, he's ranked 37th over the last 14 days. And I think by sheer brute force, he could have some value. The big thing with me is that he's shooting 32% from the field, which is not all that uncommon for a guard uh, who's a rookie in the league. That's the biggest thing that might make me not even put a bid in on him at all because I have a feeling he could go in that $40 range in a $100 budget. He's going. Well, yeah. Sorry, Ken, jump in. Well, I was just gonna, I mean, the only thing with our league is, yeah, it's only a 12-team league, but it's 14 active players, five bench guys, plus uh, minor league. So really, it's more like a 16-team league. He definitely has value in our league. Someone, You're right. Someone, I, I'm with you, DJ. Someone's going to spend 30 to 40 bucks. At least. I mean, Sergio yeah. Rodriguez went for over $50, <laughs> and, and that was a massive overbid. But whenever you see someone co- come up who, who went from basically – yeah, you know, non non fantasy radar type to definitely serviceable in 12 10 team leagues for 6 weeks. For 6 weeks, he's going to go for a boatload of money. Too much. I'm going to put in a bid. I know it's not going to be high enough, but yeah. <laughs> Me too, darn it. Me too. So we're at Ken, we're at an interesting point in the fantasy season where 
a lot of people are starting to freak out. We're about one quarter in. Nobody's really out of it yet in rotisserie leagues because things happen, you know. But we're at an interesting – we're at a point where some people are hitting the panic button where I think that that price could just raise a little higher, like Shannon alluded to, just far out of the reach uh, of people with, with more common sense on how much Andrew Harrison should actually be bidding for. So let's, what if Conley was out for the rest of the year, Shannon? Would this be a 50 or $60 player? For me, no. I'm still probably thirty dollars max. Okay. Let me th- let me throw this out there. What about new starting point guard DJ Augustine in Orlando? It's a little bit tougher because it's it's essentially a fifty fifty timeshare um, with with your boy Alfred Payton. So I was gonna say, when do you think Payton's going to learn to shoot? He went one for eight last night, coming off the bench, facing backups. Best case again. scenario for his career is Rajon Rondo. Yep. And even then you can debate how, you know, how valuable that is in today's league. I don't I don't even I, I think that's too generous a comp. I, I well you're you're saying best case scenario, right, but yeah. uh I'm not I, I think the chances of even a Rondo comp are one percent. You know, I he just can't shoot. He's like everyone else Orlando drafted. <laughs> Allow me to make broad sweeping generalizations. No, I I like it. I I think you're right. I I think you're completely right. That I don't know that for I I don't know that Augustine is going to have a lot of value because this is a guy that has seen you know considerable minutes over the course of his career and he hasn't done a whole lot with it. Um, back in it was I mean just take your pick. Detroit might have re- reached a peak when he had like a great two week value. Um, I, I'm not I for, I kind of forget who got hurt back then. Man, was it. I, I I don't even recall. I mean, he well the Derrick Rose. He, he had a few Derrick yeah, Rose runs Derek in Rose, Chicago, right? Okay, see for a little bit when Westbrook got hurt. Uh, I mean, his peak was his second, third year when he was basically the full time starter for Charlotte. Yeah, um, but it's it's been pretty much downhill since then. He's never been a big assist guy. You know, he's had five or six back when he was playing thirty minutes a game. Problem is, we don't even know that he's going to play thirty minutes a game with the Magic even as the starter. I mean, right now he's probably going to be between 25 and 28 minutes. They're going to share the ball a lot. So I don't see him getting those kind of assist numbers. I, I so you, so I, you guys both lean to Harrison. I do Boston. lean towards yeah. Harrison. I think Augustine's about four assists and a one and a half, three pointers per game. I think that's a great thing to bring up though, Ken, because again, a lot of people are going to say, you know, I'll let everybody bid on Harrison and then I'll sneak in and grab Augustine at a deal. But really what this situation is, it's it's the worst possible situation for fantasy in that two mediocre guys are going to split time to the point where maybe <laughs> neither of them will be valuable at all. Exactly. All right. Wise. Yeah, let's keep it. Let's keep it moving here. <laughs> on to the next. Well, I, I want to keep in the staff keeper league real quick. We brought it up. Let's keep going with it. I made a trade this week. Still waiting to be official, but I thought I'd uh, actually tell it to you guys in real time. This is the first time you're going to hear about it, um, so I'm interested to get your real time interaction. I made a trade and I acquired Kawhi Leonard, um, and I traded away T.J. Warren and Tyler Johnson. Ken, ooh, I, my first question is. Warren's got some health issues, right? How bad is his current injury? So he's he was dealing with that head concussion issue. Originally, he was expected to miss months, but now it's just weeks, and he's actually been kind of reevaluated now. He could be back in a couple of weeks. Um, the big thing here is that both Johnson and Warren were taken in the reserve draft. So right now, they're both 0R, meaning next year they'll be A3. So the guy I traded him to will at least have him for the next four years each. Kawhi is on an expiring deal, so I'm only going to get Kawhi this year, and I'm out. Shannon, you're shaking your head, and I hope it's because I made a good deal and the guy I traded made a bad deal, but I'm willing to go both sides. I think it's kind of it's an interesting trade. The guy in question is Andrew Parr, a member of our developing developers. Uh, I'm he's mad. He's a tech guy. He's I, a tech I, guy. I, I am mad. I was going to say, you're mad he's dumping salary this early. That's no, what, I, I know what you're shaking your head at. I, I sent him a trade. About two weeks ago, I just said, hey, here's uh, here's who I'm interested, Kawhi Leonard being one of them, uh, because he had an expiring contract. I said, this is who I'm interested in. If you decide to sell off, talk to me before you trade anyone, because I will beat their offer. And now I'm hearing about this for the first time, so it's it's disappointed me. I, I well, thought I was going to land Kawhi Leonard. Would you have beat Tyler Johnson and TJ Warren? I think I dealt you Warren last year. 
No, I I drafted. Oh, maybe you guys did somehow, but I, I drafted those guys in the reserve draft this year. So for me, they uh, were just kind of add-ons, and so I was kind of viewing them as bonus bonus chips to move in. I have the delu- I have delusions of actually winning this year, so I I was ready to sell to sell two of my arguably best future assets. And and I am in the same boat as you. So I do I have better pieces than that. Who did, you, who did you? So. Who did you offer for Kawhi? We might as well. Moudier was my one of my guys. Moudier and uh, <laughs> and then oh, Buddy Healed. I I think those guys are comparable in value. To I would actually argue Moudier's got the highest value. I don't think TJ Warren's going to continue to do what he did early in the season. But you know, Ken, whatever. Ken, you need to break the tie here. Well, if you had that same option, who would you go with? Would you go with Moudier? And uh, Buddy Heald, or would you go with T.J. Warren and Tyler Johnson? You know, I'd go with Moutier just because of the premium on point guards. I know Tyler Johnson's kind of a tweener, but uh, Moutier has that ramp where he could be the dominant, uh, certainly in Denver. You know, he's going to be that lead point guard for quite a while. I think I'd have to go with uh, – I would have done it with Shannon That's if I was par. And, and not, I like T.J. Warren a lot. I like Tyler Johnson. I just I think Buddy Heald and Moutier have all star potential. I don't believe TJ Warren and Tyler Johnson have that. I think the their fantasy peaks are about what they're doing this year, just a little bit higher once they get you know, if they get more minutes. Yeah. So here's yeah. an interesting kind of side note that people don't often talk about when trades, you know, we talk about the actual players themselves, but when you talk about the stock rankings on these websites, so if we're talking CBS, Yahoo, they're not CBS always is terrible. Right. Yeah, and you can say that about Yahoo too, because they usually use per game. And like you said, Shannon, we're dealing with a guy who's new to the league. He's a tech guy, he's not an NBA savant like us. Um, and and if you look at TJ Warren and you look at Tyler Johnson, these are guys that have been in the top seventy five, uh, top eighty, I think, each at points this year. Buddy Heald has never reached that, no. and I think Moutier has probably been on the outside looking in as well. So I, I mean, for me, if I'm dealing with somebody who is just looking at the stock rankings, I probably use that to my advantage, even though NBA experts are saying that that guy made the wrong deal. I don't, I don't think Andrew made a bad deal. I think it's a good deal for him. Yeah. I think it's a good deal for you. Um, I just wish he would have talked to me before making okay. the deal. <laughs> that's all. That's all. Uh, that's all fair and well. That's that's perfectly fine. I do want to check in with our teams because we, we talk about this so much. I feel like people are definitely following along. Things up in the air. But Ken, what's the pulse on your team? Biggest, biggest well, dis- surprise and biggest disappointment on your roster so far. Well, the biggest point is I just can't stay healthy. I'm I'm, I'm hemorrhaging games left and right. Uh, but. Uh, you know, was, I don't know if he's my biggest frustration, but he's bugging me recurrently is why isn't Frank Kaminsky getting better? Frank the Tank, baby. You talked about him on NBA TV. I agreed with you. With with, um, is it, with Lewis out? Shouldn't uh, – Marvin Williams, yeah. I'm sorry. Marvin Williams out. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. Marvin Lewis, Marvin Williams. Sorry. With Williams out, why why isn't Kaminsky playing better? He he actually was on a really nice run before these he past was. two games, and these t- past two games he's done just nothing. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's been really confusing. I, he was a big target of mine in DFS um, each of those nights, so so definitely frustrating. I think he'll still bounce back and be a solid player. I mean, even before Williams got hurt, he was having some good games. He, he's just young. It's going to take him some time. Well, how about this? What about, I think there's a systematic issue here, and, and Ken, you can certainly attest to a Boston front court. I think the Charlotte front court is set up the same way, where it may seem like a player has an inroad to lots of minutes, but really the system is not set up to allow one, one certain player to shine, even when another goes down. You look at this front court, you got Cody Zeller, Roy Hibbert, Spencer Hawes, Frank Kaminsky, Marvin Williams when he's healthy. I mean, one guy is just not going to see the bulk of minutes no matter how many guys get hurt. I mean, it's going to take like four injuries before one guy is going to be seeing a huge bump in values. And I think that's just a systematic issue. Charlotte's like that. Boston is like that. Shannon, can you think of any other front courts that are like that in particular? Um, you could maybe say that I mean, about or Philadelphia. Land, or Land, or Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Portland. I mean, just anywhere where the guards take all the yeah. shots, too. It, you know. Right. Um, and and Charlotte has an interesting mix of players, too, where you've guys got, you've got guys like Batum, Jeremy Lamb, MKG, really lengthy small forwards. With with incredible reach that they could they could even slide over the yes, floor for yep. smaller lineups at times, and that might be the biggest thing here is that MKG is just so versatile that he he plays a little bit of power forward certainly. 
Um, but I, so that's I'm, I'm that's a good different. answer to your question. I, I know you yeah. don't like it, the, no, no, the no, end no. result, right. but that's probably the answer. It's weird yeah. with with Kaminsky. One of the things I've noticed, and I've noticed noticed this with other big men. Um, Ryan Anderson, to name one. Uh, Mark Gasol's another who had two rebounds last night. Kaminsky does not grab rebounds. No, he uh, doesn't. He's it, on the perimeter too often. Exactly. And it, it's inter- it's an interesting give and take where you've got a big man who hits threes, so that adds to his fantasy value until you realize, oh, well, he's not grabbing any rebounds. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, Kaminsky, yeah. Kaminsky the other night against Memphis last week had like scored like 22 points, but he only had like two rebounds. Yeah. And that's just absurd to me for a guy who's almost seven foot. Mark Gasol last night had had two rebounds. Uh, same thing with Ryan Anderson every game. It's it's frustrating. If if you're if you're six ten, you should be able to get out there and get five or six rebounds by default. Agreed, agreed. So that's my frustration, Shannon. What's your frustration on your squad? Early season frustration was was really injuries, uh, but but I've overcome that. I've got guys like Gordon Hayward's come back early. Marcus Smart has returned. Uh, Bradley Beal dealt with some injuries, but now he's come back and he's playing like a top 30 player since he's come back. Uh, so really, it's depth is probably my biggest concern. I'm starting guys. Here, here are three guys. Uh, Muscala, Staskis, and Terrence Jones are three guys in my starting lineup. I don't want to start any of those three guys. Um, it, biggest biggest problem area is center. Um, Muscala, that's why he's in my starting lineup. If Anthony Davis ever gets center eligibility, that's who I'll slide over to center. Yeah. I need to make a trade where, you know, I'm trading away one of my, one of my players for, for two expiring contracts, or I'm picking up a guy like Andrew Harrison. I need that for this team. I like where my team's at and where my, my players, uh, where my players are trending. I, I've got a lot of guys on the upswing. I mentioned Bradley Beal, smart Hayward, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope. I feel like I've got a steal of a deal trade for him before the draft. Traded Jordan Mickey, um, who's never going to contribute in the NBA. Uh, and, and right now, Caldwell Pope's a top 40 player on CBS. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, you talked about you were really down on your team a couple weeks into the season, and then you had like Hayward coming back unexpectedly early, and we had a conversation about how, like, literally a a flip switched overnight on your team where things just started to go in the right way and i think it is important we're we're a quarter into the season but the panic button should not be pressed for a lot of teams out there in our league right now there's only one team where it's it's all it's all said and done um in this league and i think that's probably pretty typical for teams out there who are listening to us as well that a quarter into the league, especially in roto leagues, there's so many injuries and stuff that can happen. Devin Booker wasn't even a thing last year, at this point last year, and he came into his own. So a lot of these guys who need to stand pat. Is there anybody, though, in particular that you might say, oh, I'm ready to write that guy off? Somebody that I might say off, off the bat on your team, Shannon, is Buddy Heald. I don't know that he's going to recover this year. What do you? He's he's this year's Devin Booker. What are you talking about? We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) This year's Devin Booker, by the way, is uh, Jamal Murray in Denver. I agree with that. I agree with that. I I love Jamal Murray. I Buddy Heald is the guy I'm probably most worried about. I'm ready to trade him away for an expiring contract now. I still love him long term, but I don't want to wait two or three years for him to develop. I want somebody that can help me this year because I think I can finish in the money if not win. All right, we can shift gears and go to my team uh, real quick. Uh, This is my second year in the league. Happy to get some players that I really like, that I've always liked to have. Um, And these are these small forward that that can go to shooting guard and power forward. Of course, I'm talking about Nick Batum, uh, Avery Bradley to a certain degree, not so much there, Trevor Ariza, and Otto. Ariza and Otto Porter. Those are Otto. my guys. I love those type of players, and those four guys have done really well for me this year. So in terms of being surprised, I didn't expect that collection to be so good. Those are all top 50 guys, and they're solidly top 50 guys. I don't know if they're going to make it. If there's any one of those four guys that I should be concerned about, who do you think it is, Ken? Let me just reiterate that list one more time. Nick Batum, Avery Bradley, Otto Porter, and Trevor Ariza, all pretty much exceeding expectations with the exception of Batum, who's right about where we thought he'd be. Well, I'm, I'm a broken record here. I love this player, especially as a Celtic fan, but I just don't see how Bradley keeps these rebound numbers up with Horford back and, and uh, Crowder back. Um, the Sirius XM guys talked about this yesterday. Love him, but I, I think you sell Bradley high while you can. 
I'm with you. I'm with you, Ken. Batum is going to continue to be well. I viewed him as yeah. top five fantasy player for, I mean, he had one down year in Portland, but basically the past like five years, he's been a top 50 fantasy player. He's going to continue. Ariza. Just age. He's, age says he might get hurt, right? Ariza confuses me. I mean, he's ranked on CBS. He's ranked 18th. But when you look at a player who's averaging 12 points, five rebounds, two assists, it's amazing that he's ranked that high. It's because he's getting two steals per game. He's getting nearly three three-pointers per game. His shooting percentage isn't that great, 44%. But I, I, there's something wrong with their rankings. There has to be. He, no turnovers might be a big part of it, too. But it's still confusing to me. And, you know, I want to knock him because I feel like he's been around forever at 31. But, hey, last three seasons, 77, then 82, and then last year, 81 games. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you, he's not he's not an injury risk. He's, he's just a little older. And that bench is pretty – I'm not crazy about that bench in Houston. So I think they're going to keep – I mean, he's averaging 34 minutes a game now. I think they're going to keep running him out there. If you're taking advantage of CBS's rankings, like you'd mentioned with the, with the Kawhi Leonard trade, that's a guy you might want to shop yeah, around. Um, because to me, there's no way he's a top 20 fantasy player, but CBS is ranking him as that. He's like, it's like the Shane Battier effect. Like Shane Battier used to average 10 points and five rebounds, but he'd get enough threes and, and steals and, and shoot a decent enough percentage that he would be a top 30 fantasy player, even though true value was like barely top hundred. <laughs> the problem with D- for DJ though, is he's, he's got both, uh, Bradley and Ariza on expiring contracts. So someone who's dumping talent for looking for the future is not going to be the trade partner. You got to look no, for you, a you, guy. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to trade with like a competitor or something, <laughs> something like that. I, I will say that <laughs> that collection of four guys is the reason why I'm leading rebounds by like leaps and bounds. Like I I'm yeah. way ahead in rebounds because of those guard eligible players who are averaging, you know, five, six, seven rebounds oh, right. per game. That's why I like, like those guys so much. Um, in a, in a league that's really hard to stock centers, uh, Shannon, you were talking about the difficulties there. Um, having those guard eligible guys that just get, get you a lot of rebounds. Ariza's ranked top 20, by the way, because he's averaging 1.9 steals and 2.7 three pointers per game. I mean, if we were to parallel that to rebounds and assists or rebounds and points, then it would be more clear. But again, I think that it's just mentally hard to compute a guy doing really good in two not like ancillary categories than it is to to look at scoring rebound and assists. But like steals and threes, there there are tons of guys who who excel in those two categories together. I'm the, I'm looking at your team right now, and I can tell you definitively, CBS overranks players with low turnovers. Ariza, 18, averaging less than one turnover per game. Otto Porter, 33, less than one turnover per game. Bellinelli, 88, less than one p- turnover per game. Robin Lopez, 92, less than one. Everyone else on your team averages over one turnover per game. Julius Randle is having a great year. He averages three turnovers per game. He's ranked 139 in CBS. Yeah. Are you telling me there's 138 players that are are better fantasy no. contributors than Julius Randle this season? There isn't. Yeah, I know. That, that could be it. And mysteriously, on our stats page, they do include turnovers, so that makes me it's think It's a nine-category league. It is? Yes. No, no, we don't. We do. We do we not do have turnovers. turnovers in our league, but I think the CBS ranking yes. does include turnovers. Right. And That's, so... And it's not a league specific ranking. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh it's a lot like I think Yahoo has the same way where if you have unique rules, it's not considered there's a second column for your particular. I can't remember. Man, I love Moutier so much more in this league now. I thought it was a turnover <laughs> league. No, oh, right. no, it's not. No, no, to, no um, TS. Yeah, no you TS. had the trophy 2 years ago. Apparently you just need to know uh, whatever. <laughs> no, nah, I don't need to pay attention to things like scoring format. Come on. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, gentlemen, I think we're a little behind on time. Maybe we should cut straight to uh, our DFS thoughts for Friday night slate. Certainly. Or not. Certainly, we can. I think we're we're all, we jam packed quite a bit in here. Ken, why don't you just real quick? I don't want to cut this segment out entirely. Okay. Greatest right. NBA uniforms of all time, Ken. This is a ha- this is a no brainer. Washington Bullets from 74 to 87, including the the 77 to 78 championship squad who then lost in seven games the next year to the Sonics with those sweet red, white, and blue unis, the whites. I I prefer the road blues uh, versus the home whiter versions, but uh, with the, the blue shorts and the white stars along the sides and the... 
the flag-like red and white stripes on the top with the old Bullets logo where the L's are two arms reaching for a rebound. Oh, priceless. Now, Wes Unsell and Big E, Elvin Hayes, just look like studs in those uniforms. It's a no-brainer that that's the second best uniform of all time. I'll give you that. Like I really love that Bullets uniform, but it's second best. The first is Nuggets, 82 to 93. That that beautiful blue or white with the city skyline, the rainbow across oh. the, the front. That is my favorite, absolutely favorite professional sports jersey of all time, not just NBA. Um, oh. Now, amazingly, DJ has two of what I would consider the worst, the ugliest, oh the ugliest jerseys. <laughs> I know. I, I, know. I, I honestly, I saw his suggestions and I thought, is he reading the question wrong? You can't pick these two. The, any, any. Any jersey from the mid-90s to early aughts is most likely going to be one of the ugliest jerseys ever. <laughs> As a Pistons fan, I'm I was... offended. <laughs> offended. The teal. Remember the teal? The I can't. DJ, you're in favor of teal Pistons? It's the worst thing that's ever happened to the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Darko Militric, I'm okay with him more so than these jerseys. <laughs> you know the one redeeming quality I liked? I didn't mind the like actual car pistons in the word pistons. I didn't. I kind of liked that, but the teal was just an abomination. All things teal. I've always hated those Marlin uniforms that were teal. But yeah, how the pistons like? I mean, that uh, stupid rough, forced, rugged, uh, black yeah. stallion horsepower pistons. <laughs> it's so bad. Teal, such an ugly color. Well, they had such a classic. The red, white, and blue classic unis. Just to ditch him for this thing was, and then but they, then explain your purple jazz unis. Oh, those are awesome with the mountainscape in the background, the jazz Stockton. I mean Stockton. When I think of this jersey, I think of Stockton, but also a nice uh, kind of authentic Gordon Hayward jersey with the mountainscape in the background. You guys are hating on me, but in terms of like you know when the kids I are going do- out and and buying. Some jerseys. Yeah. So we're going to see Grant Hill, 33 Pistons in that ugly teal you guys are hating on. You're going to yeah. see Gordon Hayward, Stockton, Malone in that mountain. But I agree, those those nuggets, the Dikembe Mutombo, and I think Iverson, I, I don't know, I think of throwbacks more more often. You see a lot of Iversons and Mutombo with that cityscape with the rainbow. Those, those are my favorite for sure. But uh, well, no, I, will, I will give you this for the Jazz Mountainscape. If you've ever landed in the airport at Salt Lake City, which I had to do with my old jobs a lot, it is amazing how prominent the mountains are. It is in Salt Lake City, Utah, and so I liked working that. And but the purple's so hideous, uh, that, and the wacky jazz purple blue across the mountain. Uh, uh, uh. I, like I like it. All right, <laughs> l- let's go into DFS. I'm glad we did not skip that. That that needed to be known and out there. Uh, Ken, <laughs> we talked about him early on the pod. We're going to be talking FanDuel uh, DFS here. Rajon Rondo going up against Cleveland. Why do you like him tonight? There's a lot of point guards on the slate that my, people might get uh, stopped up before they make it down to Rondo, who's $5,900. Uh, I like Rondo. Well, well, part of it is just budget management at 5900 but Cleveland is third worst against point guards. Cleveland's coming off a back-to-back. Uh, coming off a back-to-back. Um, Embarrassing loss the other night to the Clippers, but I, I just don't like Kyrie Irving's defense. And Rondo does have thirty-one plus fantasy points in his last four games. He's trending the right way. Last five, I love Rondo. Give me some Rondo all day long. The dude's basically been a lock for thirty-five fantasy points over the past two weeks, and his price does not reflect that. So I'm backing you up there, Ken. Thank you. Yeah, nice, nice pick there, Ken, as well. You know, it's kind of funny, Cleveland. Um, one of the worst teams, like you mentioned, Ken, against point guards. Another team that maybe you wouldn't expect is Oklahoma City. They're like top three worst. And some of the best, better teams, for whatever reason, still give up, give up a lot of teams. The point of attack, they can't quite do it. Russell Westbrook, actually not that great of a defender. He takes too many chances. But obviously, people don't care because he's getting all those triple doubles. But if you've got a good point guard going up against Oklahoma City, going up against Cleveland like Rondo, it's, it's a pretty good play. Yeah, one other point guard I like Dennis Schroeder, he's 5,900 just like Rondo. He's on a roll just like Rondo. The past couple games, he's got 29, 35, 46 fantasy points. He had better matchups in those outings, but I still like him against Detroit tonight because of his price point. Uh, his his value goes up if Millsap's out as well. No, oh, yeah, good point, good point. DJ, uh, you, you uh, mentioned someone on the notes here that we talked about earlier. 
Avery Bradley. Yeah, and I think yeah. uh, $6,500, again, one of those guys that his value has been pretty high, but his salary has stayed pretty pretty stagnant at $6,500. You know I love to chock full my lineup with those $6,000 price guys. Going up against Sacramento, Sacramento over the last few years has been a, the worst team, one of the worst teams defending the three-point shot this year. I think they're fourth worst after a quarter of the season. I'm expecting them to you know, eventually be the worst. They're giving up 10 made three-pointers per game, 10 made three-pointers per game. Avery Bradley shoots a lot of those. He's doing pretty well. He's just one of those guys i just plug and play i think i use him maybe every single time he comes up on the slate i love using him uh in dfs and season long he's just my type of player for fantasy sticking with the the celtic sacramento game i'm having a hard time moving off of demarcus cousins uh the the celtics premium are, and the premium huh celtics are the second worst team in the league against centers this year i mean the nets are the only one worse so center opposing centers are averaging about 50 or that the position is averaging 50 fantasy points per game against the Celtics. But let me let me ask you though, that's a lot of that is because Al how how Horford cheese has been, been out. out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he has missed some time. Um but even games that he's played, opposing centers have gone off. Sure. Um you know, Andre one of Andre Drummond's biggest games of the year was against the Celtics yep. when Horford played. But you look at you look at what Cousins has done. He's basically he's producing like Anthony Davis level stats over the past couple yeah. weeks as well. I mean, he's got back to back games of sixty two points or more. He's top sixty points a few other times this season. I it's hard for me to avoid him against a team that's that bad against opposing centers. Ken, let so me it step almost in here. it almost. Oh, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I want to ask you because of course you're big big Celtics fan. Do you think this is maybe a trial run for Boogie? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I can, can you imagine an Al Horford, Boogie Cousins front court That'd for the Celtics, and, J, and with Jay Crowder bruising people on the on the wing? Um, yeah, I'd love that. No, I you know I I we, we certainly I wasted a lot of time talking about that last year on our podcast. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice. And, and, and I can't. I, I'll never understand the Sacramento Kings, and sooner or later they're gonna they're gonna get pennies on the dollar for Cousins. Uh, but uh, I, uh, and maybe it'll happen. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Uh, I was more thinking for Shannon. So Shannon, if you're spending ten thousand nine hundred on Cousins, who's your cheap? Where are you going for cheap? Where where you, where where are you? What are your bargain basement guys to fit in Cousins? Well, we we'd already discussed two two guys under six thousand at point guard. Um, yeah. You also have Moutier under under six thousand. He's facing uh, the Rockets, who are coming off uh, a double overtime game, so that might be a good target. That's also something to consider. The Rockets coming off that double overtime game, you might want to avoid any of those guys, even though they have a great matchup against Denver. Um, yeah. You might want to stack Denver instead. Uh, yeah. There. Sergio, I like Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's a good one. Uh, Sergio Rodriguez is a cheap guy who, if Bayless sits again, would be a good option. Um, there are cheap options like Aaron Gordon. Not a big fan of his right now, but he is starting, and he's got a nice matchup against Philadelphia. Other side of that matchup, Robert, Robert Covington, inconsistent shot, but he has the upside to go off for 30, 35 fantasy points. Um, my big and there are lineups. I my initial lineup had Demarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis in it. So there are tons of cheap options out there. I'm kind of debating right now though. Okay, if I don't go Cousins at center, do I go Carl Anthony Towns, who's coming off his monster 75 point outing against the Knicks, whom he faces again on Friday night? Mm. That's a tough one. I never know what to do coming off big performances because it's, it's going to be a letdown and you wonder if usage or percentage owner, ownership rates are going to be higher because of that. They definitely will be. regression. Does the other team have a game, better game plan going into the second game? I mean, this team, these two teams just faced each other and now they're facing each other again. I mean, they had a day off in between games, but is that, you know, does that change the way the Knicks guard him? It probably does, but... He he's he's on my radar. Joel Embiid, we've talked about Clint Capella. Yeah, I'm avoiding Rockets, but he's still a good, affordable player. It's well, tough. the Knicks. The Knicks are fourth worst against the center position, so maybe you're onto something with Towns uh, having a big back to back night. Let's talk about small forward here. We haven't touched on on that position quite yet, and I, I want to bring up a, a quick dis- discussion about Andrew Wiggins. 
He averages 30.2 FanDuel points per game, but it's not like a typical average of 30, right? So last time out, he got you 34, but then it was 19, 23, 30, 13, 18. And then you sprinkle in sometimes when he goes 52, 56. When I try to put a lineup together, I want to know what I'm going to get. Like, I don't want to say, you know, I hope this guy goes off tonight. And, and this guy has just caused me so much frustration. And his price point kind of, you know, it... it uh, it shows that as well because he's only at six thousand dollars. I've kind of stayed away because I just can't take getting you know thirteen points from a guy. Um, but obviously he's pretty enticing. I mean, are you frustrated using him, Shannon? How do you deploy Andrew Wiggins because it's just a it's an overall frustrating experience for me with that kind of inconsistency. I'm avoiding him in head to head fifty fifty type type contest. But at six thousand, I actually like him a lot in GPP. It's just it's enticing because there's that 52 and that 56 point outing. You know he has that kind of ceiling, and in a tournament you need him to hit something like that. So when he was seven thousand dollars a week or two ago, I, I wasn't using him. I thought he was too expensive. But at six thousand with upside for 50 points, I mean, look at other players who are six thousand dollars or less. Jay Crowder, nice fancy player. Trevor Ariza, we talked about him, nice fancy player, better in season long than daily. Kent Bazemore, those guys aren't going to go off for 50 fancy points in a game. It's not going to happen. If it does, it's going to be once per season, but it's most likely not going to happen. The only other comparable guy, you've got like Otto Porter. Yeah, he can go off for 50 fantasy points in a game. He's done it this year, but he's also facing San Antonio and Kawhi Leonard, so I'm not betting on him doing it Friday night. I love Wiggins for, for tournament plays on Friday. Yeah, I, man. I just feel like I've been burned, and maybe I've picked the wrong spots. If I was if I was in on him on one of those fifty point performances, then obviously I might be, you know, willing to deploy him more often. But I think uh, you know, like kind of the standard av- advice of use him in tournaments and nowhere else is, is probably good stuff. Uh, Ken, I don't have any more advice. I don't think Shannon does either. Unless do you any any more picks? Any closing thoughts, gentlemen? I think we're good. Ken, get us out of here. All right. Well, we're, I'm going to go back to the well here with an, yet another Charles Barkley quote because I, fi- I still find him hysterical. Uh, I don't know what I couldn't find what year this is, but I I, I still get a laugh out of it. One night uh, on TNT, Ernie Johnson said, "Hey, Auburn is a pretty good school to graduate from there. I suppose you really need to work hard and put forth your maximum effort." To which uh, uh, Auburn alum Charles Barkley quipped, ah, ten, "20 points and 10 rebounds will get you through." Also. So attention, passengers, this three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. Your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.